When that gold line coffee hit the back of your throat, you got four delicious flavors. This ain't your grandma's pit water. This is gold line coffee, and it is the official coffee of hot. Alrighty, guys, sauce a pass and grab our ass. We are back. It's episode number five. Get the puck out. Presented by Full Press Coverage. Kyle, how are we today, buddy? We're back. We're we're good. Uh, good news from the doctor too. Finally got the uh, the air boot off the foot, so I can start to to walk around uh, freed of my chains. Yeah, man, that's good news too. And uh, you may even be able to get the rig back on the road soon. When can you drive? Uh, probably in the next week or two. I was just supposed to walk on it for a good week without anything and then go from there. But that's good news. We had the, the NHL draft happen. A uh, lot of exciting things that didn't happen on the first day, but that second day brought a bit of madness. Uh, oh, yeah. There's uh, a bunch of guys, too, uh, from the first round who had dropped and fell into the second round. So that uh, second day of the draft was uh, was really exciting. We've seen uh, P.K. Subban get shipped from Nashville to the New Jersey Devils. And a really wild move. I don't think anyone would think of the, the Devils as the front runner in that deal. But uh, David Poyle was up against the ropes, man. And that's uh, that's today's NHL. Yeah, Ray Shiro swung his cock like Thor himself and swooped in. I said this earlier before day two. I think it was actually on draft day. I knew that the I had been told from a friend who said that, like, you know, obviously Taylor Hall put that that information that he was thinking about walking was put out there on purpose. And Ray Shiro knew that he needed to go and he needs to continue to work to woo Taylor Hall to stay with New Jersey, right? He's a free agent after next yeah. season. Well, they bring in PK Subban. No, they're, they're, they're buddies, right? That's a, such a great move for Shiro. And, uh, he really showed a lot of cock and balls to take on a guy like Subban. And it was funny too, because you brought up David Poyle and, uh, those comments he made post trade where, uh, you know, he understands that the team has been worse off since they made that move and he needed needs the cap space and uh, basically said it's time to grab Duchesne by the cock and balls and drag him to Nashville. But Yeah, we, we know already that uh, Duchesne bought a house in Nashville and I think that was more of a, a cap-related thing where if he did sign in, in a Canadian country, he could claim the taxes on his home. But looks like David Poyle seen that uh, transaction and cleared up the space. So if, if that's what ends up happening, if that's uh, what Nashville does is, is, is sign Duchesne in and around that 9 million figure, you have to look at what they got in return for Subban plus Duchesne. It, it's an awkward way to look at it. But, I mean, without the space, you can't go after him. And I'm sorry, but Kyle Turris isn't that uh, 2C that they were looking for. And if you can add Duchesne into that mix, you know, with the rise of Matias Ekholm for the Preds, uh, Subban has become a bit expendable. They've got some horses on the back end. And, uh, you know, he's going to be missed for sure. But uh, I I don't think he was an integral part of that team's success. No, and I mean, the, you know, people start chattering and you hear a lot of people from Montreal, they were celebrating, you know, people, he's a big personality, P.K. Subban, and you got to take, uh, P.K.'s very much so, I like P.K. Subban a lot, don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan, it was hard as a Bruins fan with Montreal, but honestly, I love the way that he is, but P.K. loves to brand P.K., right, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he has his own brand, man, the guy, he shows up in those big suits, and some guys, I think, I think it's so it's a lot of noise for some guys and a veteran team like Nashville. It just, it, he never seemed right there. I never thought that he was a great fit there. And um, I think this is going to be a much better move for PK Subban. And I think Nashville, if they end up with Duchesne, uh, like you said, with the guys on the at home is so good. And Yossi and uh, 
what's his name, Ryan Ellis there. Like they have some good good defensemen already going down in Nashville. Uh, the position of strength, too. and if they can grab Duchesne to uh, slot in behind, uh, what's his name there on the first line, uh, Johansson? Fucking Jesus, that would be crazy. Now, Kyle, speaking of crazy, I want to talk about your team for a second. You know, I looked at your team and I was laughing. I was like, this team is fucked. They got seven guys with no movement clauses up against the cap. They have boatloads of restricted free agents coming up in the next two seasons. And uh, you pull off such a bold move there to, to get rid of JT Miller. And of course, uh, you know, Ryan Callahan not being able to play anymore helps the cap as well, right? So. Yeah, that's more of a tricky situation because that's not, you know, a lot of cap space they can spend. Uh, how it works is... You know, they can spend $5.8 million over the cap, uh, but even if they're over the cap, that hurts their escrow and the way that that builds over the course of the season. So it's really not an entire 5.8 that they have. It's going to be tricky maneuvering to, to manage that, but uh, I, I've got full trust in Julian Brisebois for Tampa. He was uh, a cap expert for Montreal years before he was hired on with Tampa Bay, and he's learned a lot from Yeiseman. And, and kind of, as you said, a lot of people thought that you know how are they going to sign point? They're they're signed. They're they're up against the wall. Uh, Yaisman really designed that team. Uh, you know to the T. Everything that's lining up. You look at okay. Well, what are they going to do next year with Vasilevsky uh, and, and Sergachev needing contracts? You know next year, Clorin's modified no trade clause comes in. If they got to ship a guy off, I'm sure that's not going to be an impossible trade. So there's more spots available. And then the year after, Tyler Johnson and Andre Palat, their no-trade clause uh, becomes modified. So he did hand out a lot of no-trade clauses, but the thing I really liked about it, and even with Callahan, even though no trade suitor was found, is that the last few years of those deals, uh, they have a modified list. So it, it does make the, those those contracts easier to move down the road, but definitely you, you weren't going to move Kalorn or Andre Palat JT uh, Miller had the modified clause, and uh, you know it, we're gonna miss him for sure. He he was a, a very versatile piece, but I mean ultimately he's the the cap casualty like we've seen yeah. before. Yeah, he he's definitely a guy that you know JT Miller he can contribute from line four to line one. Um, if you have a guy go down with injury, he's a great guy to slot in. He can play a hard game. He can put up points, and uh, a great guy to bring into the locker room of a, of a team like the Vancouver Canucks. I think that's a I like the move from Jim Benning, especially if they have the cap to work with. This is a really young team. They're gonna have Quinn Hughes and Patterson in the lineup, not to mention who else. Um, I, I like the move for Benning. He's he's uh he's definitely an aggressive GM, and he seems to be uh he seems to be really working hard to make something happen. It's Including, funny though. Look, uh, look for Tyler Myers to be uh to be a guy that on the Canucks radar for sure. He's still shopping out there. The, Jim, if he, the if Tyler Myers gets eight million though, that's the number I hear. That's that is insane. not the move to make. I wouldn't pay that guy a dime over six, but. I mean, you got to aggressively pursue in free agency. Guys are going to get overpaid. Well, it uh, happens. That's the name of the game, right? Exactly. But, yeah, I, I will agree. I, I think it was a good move for both teams. I mean, for Tampa to get a conditional first out of that deal, this is a rebuilding team. There's no saying that the Vancouver Canucks are going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, if they don't, that pick is protected till next year. But, I mean, there's no guarantee that, you know, I'd, I'd like to imagine they'd be in the playoffs. But, you know, they might, you know, fall on the outside looking in, and this might end up being uh, a lottery pick potentially for Tampa Bay for a guy like JT Miller. There was a lot of Vancouver Canucks upset saying that they're in no position to be dealing first rounders. But, I mean, in the end, you look at JT Miller. 
he's cheaper guy than like a guy like Kevin Hayes for whoever reason everyone was going nuts over. He's like two or three mil less than him. He can slot in as your second line center. Uh, he's finally going to be uh, able to, or Benning's finally able to give Bull Horvat a winger to play with. I'm sorry, but Sven Barchi and Jake Vertanen just haven't been enough. And, and Horvat's been productive. He, he's carried his lines, but he really hasn't had that top six talent to play with. You know, every, everything was kind of centered around Besser and given, uh, you know, our, our Patterson and Besser, they they locked together and kind of Horvat was left on the outside looking in on that line. But uh, I'd love JT Miller on that fit. And he's, he's cheap, got him for another couple of years. And uh, I don't think they should complain about anything, even trading a first rounder. He's worth it, I think. Yeah, I love him. Like, I love the way you say Iserman. I love how you pronounce that, the Iserman. I, I, re- I really enjoy that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're like the most canadian guy that ever walked the face of the earth sometimes you know i started watching letter kenny again and i think that you would you would do well in that town i would like to move there if i could I'd probably <laughs> live in the well that's fucking hilarious man that show's so fucking good and uh speaking of things again people in the division for me are making good moves so you see the leafs dumped uh patrick marlowe off on the uh Hurricanes, they had to give a first-round pick uh, to the Canes to take them. But if you're Toronto, you got to be happy with freeing up the cap space there. Yeah, it's bittersweet, but I, I think a move that absolutely had to be made. Uh, you know, the Leafs weren't going to get a, a, a stud, you know, where they're going to be drafting. That first-rounder is likely not going to equate to, you know, that much. But They I, have shit prospects. Yeah, I mean, they've moved a couple. They they moved a prospect, and uh, the trade did to pry, what's his fate, Muzzin out of the, out of the yeah. Kings, and they've had a lot of prospects kind of graduate, but uh, the Marlies are a deep team. You look at them, there's some underrated guys down there, but there's no star-studded guy waiting to yeah, break Yeah, that's out. what I mean. Like, they're all really good AHL guys. Like, they have a great AHL team, but I don't know how many of those guys are going to step in other than uh, Lilligren or whatever the fuck his name is on the defense there. Um, other than that fucking guy, I don't know who else is really going to step in. On the in forward get... end, yeah. That, they got some good defensive prospects, and uh, uh, they, they grabbed one of the guys they took this year because they didn't have a first, uh, obviously because of the Muzzin deal. Uh, 53rd overall, they took uh, Nick Robertson, and he quietly yeah. fell in this draft. Uh, there was a lot of people thinking that he might be picked at, at the late of the first round or beginning of the second but he kind of fell towards the second round. I saw him at the, round. for the Bruins at 30 in mock drafts, actually, yep. to be honest with you. Yep, he's a brother of Jason Robertson, a quick-rising prospect for the Stars. Uh, he would kind of got traded locally here. He got moved to the Ice Dogs mid-year, and he just had an explosive year. He is an absolute amazing goal scorer, and uh, the Stars got a special guy coming for him. And if they can tap into that with Nick Robertson, I'd like that pick for the Leafs. Uh, but yeah, there's no clear-cut, star-studded guy lined up to, to be really excited about with your the least. It's just uh, really trying to find that improvement on the back end, whether it's Sandine or Lilligren that steps in. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it was a tough move to make because you know how connected Marlowe was with that locker room. Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, they were practically family. He was like their dad. Yeah, he's like a second dad. father playing mini sticks in the basement, having sleepovers. <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> It's, Tucking it Austin in that night, giving him kisses on the forehead, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> no, he's a great, what a great guy. He's not what he is anymore. 
I hope that he gets bought out in Carolina so he can go finish in San Jose. I'd love to see that because I think he's got one decent year left in him. He looked shit though on Toronto this year, but I like Patty Marlowe, man. I want to see him. I want to see him out there for one more year. Absolutely, for sure. And that's the thing you've seen with the Leafs, and uh, you, you've seen it with uh, uh, the Subban trade. Cheryl was the only team that Poyle could really find a match with uh, because. New Jersey was the only team willing to take on the full $9 million of Subban's contract. There were a couple other teams, Toronto included, I think Vancouver as well. Benning's been busy. Uh, he was trying to get something done, but no one would take the full $9 million. That's the reason that he was basically picked up for scraps. Two seconds, uh, Jeremy Davies and uh, you know C- uh, Santini. It's like, what? You know, People are going to throw $8 million at a guy like Tyler Myers where you could have picked up for an extra one mil, you know, the last three years of Subban's contract, right? I, I really don't get it. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things. The Leafs had to give up a first. And that's another thing about that JT Miller trade. Is no one had to help Tampa. You know, they were up backs against the wall. Uh, everyone thought that if they moved a contract that they'd have to pay and, and, and ship off a prospect and ship off a pick for someone to take on that contract. Yeah, that was that was damn good business by uh, Breezebois there. I thought for sure. I didn't think that. Like, not only that, you got a you got a goddamn first round pick back in return. I I don't even understand it. I mean, I like the move for the player going to Vancouver, but I don't necessarily yeah. love what Benning gave up. I'm I was very surprised. And uh, as long as nobody, uh, you know, as long as Toronto has to keep paying to dump these salaries off their books, I'll be happy. I'm not gonna complain that Tampa got a break, but fuck, man. Uh, so, hey, Kyle, we have a trade, too, that came in just a little bit ago. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. Carl Soderberg got traded to the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. For a third-round pick. What's and, going uh, on with John Chaka? I don't know. He's weird, man. He's a I, weird I like him. I, don't think he's... I, I, I was a really envy of him because of how young he was and the position that he was in and how hard he worked to get there, and he did a great job with the Sioux uh, back in his heyday. But it seems like he's got one guy – that he wants in the draft, which is more more than likely, you know, a, a guy that he reached for, and he'll pay out his ass to get there. He, he, he traded up when Soderstrom probably would have been there anyways. Yeah, but he traded up to get him anyways. You know, he got he has a guy, he gets locked in, and he he commits. But yeah, uh, I don't I, know. you know, I thought that they kind of treated Shane Doan bad down the stretch there yeah. at the end of his career. I don't really like that kid that much. Just like I don't think very much of Dubas in Toronto, man. I don't think very much of him. He had a chance to lock Mitch Marner up last July by just believing in him and paying him eight or eight and a half million dollars over eight years that he would have taken just because he felt they were taking the risk on him. And he did it with Matthews, and now he did it again with Marner. He put and he did it with Nylander. He keeps he didn't believe in any one of those guys to get ahead of the salary cap game and he got burned on all three occasions yeah i mean you see a lot of people um comparing the situation to to tampa how they locked up their stars and i know that there's uh issues with the cap and the, the no taxes and they get a bit of a yeah, breakdown no, no, there. No, no, but ultimately it's decision making you look at the expertise and the negotiating tactics that yeisman brings yeisman stole kucherov at nine and a half yeisman yeisman give us another one kyle i need another one <laughs> he stole kucherov for nine and a half mil and i i mean you look at dubis and he's getting played 
He's getting played by the media. He's getting played by the agency teams. And, I mean, Marner's not coming cheap. He's getting 10. He's already turned down. We heard that uh, uh, eight-year, 10 he million. He doesn't want that eight-year term. Million, 80, yeah, I know. He, he's kind of itching for that Matthews 5 to get the fuck out <laughs> at this point. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I, I know uh, Marner's a, a shit, we're getting the fuck out of here contract. No, uh, listen – that kid, uh, this this kid blew it, man. I, in my opinion, he needed to get at least one of those guys on a cheap deal. William Nylander took him halfway through the season and still bent him over his knee and smacked him on the ass. And then, you know, and it, and it happened. I said it the day that John Tavares signed there. I said, all hometown discounts, when you roll the Brinks truck up to a guy who wasn't even a part of what you were building, guess what? Matthews is getting it. Well, they had to sign those his guys and of then it. get Tavares, right? Yeah, like I think it's the same reason that you're not going to see Carolina offer sheet Marner until Aho signed. Because if you give 11 million or something like that to Marner, then Sebastian Aho is going to sit there and be in the same spot. Like, all right, well, you're going to give him 11 million and haven't got me lined up. You're going to drive his price up. That's what Tavares did. I'd love to see the, the Montreal Canadiens throw that offer sheet to Marner. I would love it. I would love it. I would. Jack Daddy Bergevin, I know that uh, we have like, I think we have a few listeners in Montreal for sure. You guys need to get this to Bergevin. He needs to fucking do it, man. That would make me so happy. I don't know why. I just feel like if Montreal did it to Toronto, just the, uh, I mean, I don't like Montreal, but just my, 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 my disdain for Toronto would just, it would make me so happy if Montreal did that. For sure. Uh, and you, uh, we had heard that uh, out in Vancouver, or sorry, not Vancouver, Montreal, that uh, speaking of cock and balls and, and, and Bergevin, how good of a job he's done, that uh, Ray Shero had also made a comment on offer sheets. Did you, see, did you hear what he said? Yeah, yeah. He said that uh, that the code is fucking bullshit. And that, yeah, uh, someone's like, is there an un-gentleman's code? And Shero was like, fuck that shit. I mean, bleep it out. But I mean, he seems like... Now's the time in the NHL with all these guys available, all those restricted free agents. There's like 10 or 12 marquee guys that are going to get signed here, uh, all the way down to Kyle Connor and uh, Kachuk, Aho, Rantanen. Uh, I mean, you know, Charlie McAvoy oh, and Brandon Carlo at Boston. Like, so, that, I mean, th- it's a that's their future market, top pairing. That's, they have to sign their future top pairing this offseason. Like, what yeah. are they going to do there? That's a tough call for Don Sweeney. Um, you know, he's a guy who got ahead of the game on Brad Marchand, got him to sign for $6 million, yep. then Marchand finished like third or fourth in the league in scoring the next season, and, and the Bruins saved themselves a couple million on the cap with him. Probably saved themselves a couple million on the cap with uh, with Pasternak, but with Charlie McAvoy, I don't know about that. All, all indication is is that he he wa- he says he wants to be there forever. He said it after the cup loss. I know emotions were high, but your agent deals with that shit anyway. You don't really. He's not in there driving yeah. the bus. You know what I mean? But I wonder what he's gonna get. I, I would think really- in and around the seven mark. Uh, I don't think he had the greatest year, and he was no. a bit hurt. Uh, he he had a better playoffs. playoffs than he had a regular season. Yeah, um, definitely. But I, I think that it, he's going to come in and around that seven. But it's going to be a game of dominoes because with all these guys uh, that are going to get signed, everyone's waiting. And I don't know if it's going to be Marner uh, that breaks it or Aho Point. I mean, I, they, whoever falls first, it's really going to impact it. And I, I, I think that's where I'd love to see Tampa get ahead of the game and, and sign Braden Point before all these big ten million deals start coming out because no. he's comparable and he's he's but, honestly but he's worth that in the open market. 
Yeah, He's and I, and I, I do the think taxes on his I, yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, instantly that's less there. And I think that that team's more driven into to buying in. I, I think that there's not as much selfishness when it comes to mm-hmm. that. I think even Hedman took a bit of a discount. Uh, it's, you know, oh, there seems to be a willingness to buy in. Yeah, and listen, I'm going to say this. I'm sick and tired of fucking seeing this on Twitter, and it fucking it honks my horn, man, and it honks it big time. The fucking Leafs fans, when they were like, oh, well, how can Marner ask more than Kucherov makes? Kucherov only makes $9.5 Kucherov, 41 games a year, plus the, what, three or four other games he plays a year in Florida, doesn't pay tax on that. And yep. uh, when, when you're signing in Ontario, which is the goddamn – taxation fucking hellhole of doom that we fucking live in here <laughs> where we pay more fucking tax than anybody in the me about world. It. A guy like Mitch Marner ain't taking nine and a half million dollars to watch that turn into five and a half or f- fucking six. You know what I mean? He's going to make sure that his 11 fucking goes down. You know, if he's going to stay in Toronto, he's getting, he's getting paid, man. Or either that they're paying him or he's, or he's taking his five-year deal. He needs to, something needs to make him feel equal to Austin Matthews. But I hate that Kucherov comparison because you're talking about a guy who's got to pay fucking tax in Canada. He's got to pay goddamn tax in uh, wherever else he plays, and he's and he's pay, playing in Ontario, which is a goddamn tax hellhole. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the number's not going to come down. You, you hear it in negotiations, and maybe he's going to get what Stone and Kucherov got. It's it's ten plus for sure. And you know, it, it it must be sickening to be a Leaf fan because Marner's been that guy through his tenure there where he's just there's nothing to hate he's just such a lovable kid uh, he's amazing what he does on the ice he drives the Tavares line I think they really kind of picked each other up and and, and raised their value but uh, Tavares had already been signed they had already gave, gave him the big money and then they handed Matthews the big money without even looking in Marner's direction where I'm sorry but Marner has been the better player on that team for the last two or three years he's outproduced to, uh, Matthews and, yeah, man, and I mean Matthews got paid 11.1 or 6 mil when he had, you know, 70 points is his best year. And I, I know he's been hurt and those 70 is probably a 90 without those injuries. But I mean, still, that's something that you got to prove as well. I mean, 70 points it, it equates to 11 mil. And you, you knew the second that Jack Eichel signed for 10 and, and Buffalo that that was instantly going to be the comparable plus inflation of another year or two. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Dubas had his chance to lock these guys up uh, to very fair up. contracts. Eight, nine mil, you offered that on the second year. Do you think those kids and those Asians are going to say no? You know, that was before Marner had that explosive 94-point season uh, after playing with Tavares. You know after playing with Tavares, that guy's value is going to rock it. Yeah, he fucked up, man. I can't state that enough. He fucked up. And uh, you know what's funny is, speaking, we've, we've talked a lot this episode about cock and balls, and you saw it in Columbus last year at the deadline. Well, if you lose Matt Duchesne and Panarin walks as well, and you see a guy like Mitch Marner having an issue signing there, like if you're Columbus, do you not maybe dangle a Seth Jones in a trade? Off I, I, I heard that, and, and I think that's about as fair as an offer as you're going to find. I don't think it's going to be a fit. I don't think Dubis is going to agree to anything. I think if anyone even signs an offer sheet, he's going to match it. I, I just think that there's there's so much attention and focus on the matter that everyone's losing their mind. Everyone's coming up with something. It's a well, very yeah, fair I mean, deal. Even, I, uh, 
Sorry to interrupt you, but Brian Burke even, I just want to get this in, Brian Burke even kind of suggested that Mitch Marner is actually going to this thing to shop around for offer sheets. Like he, like yeah. he's going to be talking numbers and telling might them. might be talking with teams uh, when, uh, what is it? Uh, isn't, doesn't that start uh, on the 26th or 27th, the uh, early interview? tomorrow, yeah, yeah, on the 26th. It starts tomorrow on Wednesday. They can, they can meet. Like Panarin's meeting with the Rangers and the Islanders in New York tomorrow. Yep. We've seen that uh, Bobski and uh, Panarin were in Florida the other day. Nothing to do talking to the team, but uh, obviously looking for houses. Heavy chatter. That's where <laughs> <laughs> heavy chatter over there. But yeah, teams are going to start to meet. Uh, we heard that uh, Columbus kicking the tires on Panarin and Duchesne. Uh, nothing's going to happen there. The Blackhawks too with Panarin, eh? Yep. Yeah. But I don't I, think that's going to happen. But Anders Lee is a guy to watch for the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm telling you. Anders Lee. That's a great fit in Chicago. Ultimately, I think that Lee is going to re-sign on the Islanders. Um, I I don't know. It's just got that uh, that cheeky feel into it. It would be a great fit. Uh, I think that he would bring an excellent top six addition to that uh, Chicago team that's kind of just waiting to hop back in. You know that they're not too far off. No. They're going to make some noise again. If Crawford can stay healthy, uh, you know, they were playing Chris D'Elia and, you know, a Anton, Anton Forsberg, and I mean, it was it kind of got ugly back there. Cam Ward, the yeah. Cam Ward, yeah, I forgot about him. And then Crawford came back, and he wasn't one hundred percent. No, he's no, getting a bit older too. So uh, I, I think that if Stan Bowman really wants to chalk things up, uh, he should be trying to to swing a deal for a goalie and see if he can kind of get something for Crawford. Uh, is I, I think that if they're really going to compete again, it's not going to be with him. No, definitely, definitely. And another big guy that everyone, I think the guy that might fall first in the restricted free agents, Kyle, I just want to throw this out here because my predictions are always wrong, but I like to have them out there in case I'm right. Um, Miko Rantanen, I could see being the first domino to fall, especially when you see a guy like Carl Soderberg move today, uh, who carried a pretty big cap hit at like five plus million, I'm pretty sure, there in Colorado. Something tells me that they're going to, uh, they're going to get, they're going to get written and done, and, and I could see him being the first guy to go down. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Colorado for a minute, uh, I, I, you may be right on that. Uh, who knows how the dominoes are going to fall, but uh, what a draft did Colorado have. They had uh, yep. Bo and Byram just fall right into their hands, and that he was, was the best uh, defense slated in the draft. That's right in around where he was going to go anywhere, uh, the three and four mark uh chicago had a, a bit of a, i don't want to say a bit of a reach but they went off the board and took kirby doc uh at third overall and then uh byram kind of just fell right into their laps and uh, i mean you, you've yeah. heard barry's name mixed around a bit but you look at their back end and what they're gonna have yeah, for the, the next car decade. oh my god and then uh new foot fell to them at the 16 yeah. spot and yeah. i mean just added two great prospects to an already deep pool uh, Colorado's going to be scary good for a long time. They need and, to make their move at the NHL level. Yep, though. Yep. And you'll see that at the deadline. I think they're going to be a team this year shopping hard at the deadline. Kyle, we have breaking news. Uh, St. Louis Blues, champion St. Louis Blues, uh, which we all understand that my wellness is not okay. It hasn't been checked <laughs> yet, but I'm sure, I'm sure it will be. Craig Berube signs a three-year extension to remain the head coach of the Blues. Because remember, Kyle, he was on that interim basis. Yep. I couldn't believe that. By the, by the, they didn't have that figured out by the time the cup final came. And they're announcing him over the PA as the interim coach. I'm like, this guy just brought you up from the goddamn grave. He should have had the contract extension before the goddamn final started. I couldn't believe that. It made me sick hearing it i felt bad for him 
Yeah, for sure. But I, I think, you know, they were bought in. They weren't concentrated on that. They weren't going to let anything interfere with what they were doing on the ice. And I think yeah. they might have just pushed that all aside. But, yeah, you're right. It probably should have been figured out. They probably could have laid down something easy. And, hey, look, man, we want to keep you around. Here's an extension. This it is just sucks when do. he looks back at, like, the memory of it. He's just, I guess it's all right. But the, no, I mean, he knows. Uh, but, yeah. Everyone I, knew I he was staying, mean. right? It's like yeah. they should have announced it over the goddamn PA and been like, let's go fucking he's staying. But, yeah. No, uh, Kevin Kanashin. I don't even know who the fuck Kanashin. that is. He he went the other way in the Carl Soderberg trade as well. Yeah, like, he's a defenseman the there. Time. He wasn't really doing too much in the zone. Uh, he, I don't know. I, I guess he's okay, but not not a big move for them. I'm, I'm, I, again, another curious move for for Cheka, uh or, or was it Kanaten from uh, Arizona? Yeah, yeah, and another cheeky move. I don't know. Uh, my my feelings of Cheka have fallen off the map. Uh, I don't it, get this. It's back. just, uh, but yeah, yeah I'm not here's, a big here's something Soderberg I wanted to ask. Guy. And I know you said your wellness needed to be checked, but it's just one of those things. I remember in, in, in '15 when when Chicago beat Tampa in the finals. You know, it's not the week of. It's not the next month where you you know you're okay with the efforts. Like you know what, we came all the way here. I, I can't even complain. It's the dog days of summer. But you're yeah. sitting there, and boom, what in the fuck went wrong? You know, <laughs> that should be our parade win. What the fuck? You just, it really starts to hit you in the dog days of the summer. And, you know, it, it, you can't be mad at the effort. Game seven, you went as far as you could. Uh, Tuka Rass had a bad game. And then, did you see the amount of hate that he's still getting from, from the Boston faithful? Bro, these people are fucking Blaming so Tuka Rask. Oh, they had two goals on four shots. It's like, yeah, Brad Marchand also missed a massive hit, and Bergeron and Pasternak changed anyway while, while fucking Petrangelo walked down the middle of the ice. What the fuck was Rask supposed to do? Rask played his dick and balls off. He only makes $7 million a season on a salary cap that we're going to see be around $82 million. If you're complaining about Tuka Rask taking up $7 million of that piece of the pie for everything he's done for the team, you're a fucking idiot, man. The people that deserve the blame are Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand and David Pasternak. The top line went cold. I don't care. Oh, injuries, injuries. Everybody's injured. They're the ones. Hey, listen, I, it's not that I don't appreciate that they got to the finals, but these are the people that didn't show up. Charlie Coyle and Sean Corrali couldn't lead the Bruins to the Stanley Cup. Go figure. Those guys needed to contribute and they didn't. Yeah, you know what? And everyone else did their part, if you ask me. Uh, you were getting production from <laughs> Stephen Campher thrown in for a game. He gets a goal. Sean you Crowley, he was scoring goals. You got a contract extension, too, for yep. to sit in the press box. Yeah, and you've you seen Charlie Coyle just absolutely dominate, you know, at even strength. And he was giving Bruins the five-on-five goals that they were getting. They were getting the power play goals. They were on fire. And, you know, the top line was at least producing in that aspect. Uh, but at even strength, they they weren't getting it done. Those have to be the guys that you, yeah, you, I wanna ask you, you this. blame. It's not Tuka Rask. No, I want to ask you this if you're Boston. Now, they just re-signed Stephen Kampfer. I get it. You don't want to have a guy like Zaboral or Jeremy Lozon sit in the number seven slot next year and wait in the press box. They're way better served playing in, in Providence. And Kampfer showed that he can sit. Remember he came into the cup, cup final? He scored or whatever? In the yeah. yeah, he can sit. And he can get back sit in. <laughs> and come and play. So they've already established that. There's your seventh defenseman. But Boston has an a log jam of defensemen sitting there. And after this season, Tory Krug's a free agent. Like they they should move him for the asset. No, when you think about you have Chara McAvoy. Is he Carl, got one year left? You have. Yeah, he's only got one year left 
on his deal that pays him $5.25 million this year. That's an um, easy contract to move where you should get a good return, too, especially— Get a if- massive return, dude. He's Dude, Tory Krug is going to make—on the open market, what would he get? If Tyler Myers is talking $8 million, Tory Krug would be talking $8 million as well. I don't think that's going to be the final number for Tyler Myers. There are five defensemen in the NHL that are getting paid $8 million. And what all about Tory Krug? Three straight 40 assist seasons? Yep. Pays a ton of minutes on a I team. I think seven and a half, seven point seven, seven point eight. Austin can't pay him that after they pay Carlo and McAvoy. They can't do it. So don't they have to get the asset? They have Chara, McAvoy, Carlo, Miller, uh, John Moore, Clifton, Camphor, Grasley. In, in in the armchair GM Those are nine guys right there that can play. Nine. Yeah. Those are nine guys that played this year that can play. Lausanne is 10. They have 10 players right there. Like, if you're Don Sweeney, how did you not move Tory Krug at the draft already? And this is no disrespect to Tory Krug other than we can't fucking afford you. Like, that's it. I get And one of the things that I've heard from a couple of Bruins fans is that, yeah, they might need to move on for him. You know, Carlo's going to get paid. McAvoy is going to get paid. Uh, Chara came back on a discount. So, I mean, it's not like they're up against the, the ropes just yet. I know they have to keep planning and they want to add uh, another a big talent addition up front as well. So they can't spend too much on the back end. But if, if Grizzlick is a guy who eventually can't fit into puzzle because of what he's going to cost, I, I don't get why. Sweden well, he's got two more seasons out like. And I think he's got two more seasons like, at 1.8 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's excellent value. That's a, that's a contract that you could move as well. Uh, I, I'd be more inclined to keep Krug in the picture and move a guy like Grizzik, who you won't be eventually uh, able to pay, and he can bring in a decent return. He's still evolving uh, as a young defenseman in this league. Yeah, and, but here's... Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't get why, why you'd move on from Krug unless... Money. ...what you need, unless you're getting... Uh, that top six edition, or it, it's it's a, a, a heavy prospect, or I don't know if they go for the pick route. But uh, I mean, if that's what, what you had to do, like David Poyle had to do with Subban to clear up the cap. Yes, uh, so money, man. Move that heavy move. The you know, Bruins has four- be a great fit in Boston too. Yeah, the Bruins have fourteen million dollars to spend. They have uh, Tory Crew, or sorry, they have um, McAvoy and Carlo to sign. They have fourteen million for the cap. Uh, Danton Heinen's an RFA, and then they have UFA's Marcus Johansson, who you would love to see back in Boston, and Nola Chari, who piss on that he's not going to sign. He's going to free agency. Whatever, that's not a big deal. No. But fourteen million. I mean, if if McAvoy comes in at seven. What's Carlo going to come in at four or five? That doesn't leave you any money to establish one to put Johansson back on Coyle's line. And two, you still need to, they, they have to figure out that forward position next to Tori Krug. Or sorry, yeah. next to David Krejci. I'm sorry, next to David Krejci. So like you could use Tori Krug to get a forward on a cheap contract even. Like I, I think he has that much value to a team like the Detroit Red Wings. I think Iserman would definitely like to get out front of Tori Krug and have him for an extra season and sign him. He would, I think 100%. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it really depends on That's a team who has a lot of young, good forwards that, the boss, that Boston could use that cap space to the advantage, right? Yeah, the only thing that I have to say is by the, by the time Detroit is ready to compete, I, I think Krug would be on his, his hind legs. But uh, if that's something where he'd be willing to work on an extension, I'm sure that uh, Yeiserman, for you guys out there complaining, uh, <laughs> for uh, for him to look at. But you've seen him reach in the draft. He... Uh, 
picked a guy that some people thought maybe he'd get picked at the end of the first, and he reached, grabs him sixth overall. You see in the kid's face, he he was like, what the fuck just happened? Did they call my name? He, he looked a bit shocked that he was yeah. taking but... <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, this is a guy that Yeisman went over to Germany and watched him play. He likes what he sees, uh, probably envisioning the the next German, Nick, uh, Nick Lidstrom. And uh, you know what? I, I I think everyone was comfortable with it. You didn't hear a lot of, well, what the fuck did Geiserman do? Or uh, what's happening here? There was a lot of, okay, I think we can trust him. I think he's done enough where we can't jump the gun here and, and trust the Geiser plan. And that is something that Detroit faithful should be able to do. Hey, he's a hell of a GM. He's not going to fuck this up. No, not at all. And Kyle, I just want to thank you, buddy, like, you know, getting these episodes fired out and all this goddamn NHL news. It'll make your head spin. But uh, it's easy when the both of us are able to tackle it. And uh, to to keep ourselves fired up, we, we drink nothing but goal line coffee. Uh, goal line coffee is the best coffee in the game. All other coffees, Kyle, what do they taste like? Tastes like piss. Tastes like piss jugs. Yeah, it tastes like dirty old fermented piss sitting out in the sun in a dirty old jug of fucking juice from Topps Friendly Market. That's how it fucking smells, guys. This has been episode five of Get the Puck Out, presented by Full Press Coverage. Uh, Kyle, anything else to add before we let everybody go, or are are we okay here? Keep your cock out your pants and your stick on the ice. All right, bye. Take it easy.